Welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast, where we bring you tips and inspiration each day to help you build habits for writing success. For more resources, including your free Daily Writer Starter Kit, visit dailywriterlife.com. Ah, yes, today we're diving into that topic that so many authors dread, but yet is so important to your overall success as a writer. And that topic, of course, is book marketing. Many of us resist book marketing because we're afraid that we're going to be too salesy or it's going to take too much time and effort. But does it have to be those things? Is there a way to be yourself online, to think about the long term, and also to use the amazing tools we have available to us to promote our book over the long haul, all the while as we do it with our own personality and in a style that feels natural to us? Well, my guest today not only believes that there's a way to do that, she's actually done it. Her name is Sadie Colvez, and she's a successful entrepreneur who loves to help others become stronger and more confident. She grew up in a small Midwestern town where she learned to overcome setbacks by working hard and believing in herself. And Sadie discovered a passion for network marketing and grew it into a multiple six-figure business in just a few short years. A couple of years ago, Sadie released the excellent book, Anything is Possible, 10 Keys to Unlock the Life of Your Dreams. Then last year, she released the Anything is Possible Companion Journal. She's also the host of the Anything is Possible podcast. Now, these books have done very well on Amazon because Sadie has consistently promoted them on social media and also connected with her readers. So in this conversation, you'll learn how she got to over 100 Amazon reviews, how she effectively uses social media to promote her books, and what to do if you're an introvert writer, as well as a bunch of other tips. So Sadie is super passionate, super energetic, and I absolutely loved having this conversation. Sadie, welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast. I think this is your first appearance. Is that correct? It is. Thank you for having me, Kent. Absolutely. I'm thrilled thrilled to have you on here. And one of the reasons, well, one of the many reasons, I mean, aside from the fact that you're just a cool person and you know a lot of stuff and and you inspire a lot of people with your life and, and your work, aside from that, you do not come from a uh, like a professional writing type of background, or like you're not heavily engaged in all the nerdy book stuff that people like me are in, involved in. And what I mean by that is that you have really done an incredible job, like in a grassroots effort, getting this book out into the world and marketing it and getting it into the hands of people. And like, it is seriously really, really impressive what you've done. So, and I guess what I mean is is not having previously like really been engaged in book and publishing stuff. You just took the sucker and you ran with it and it's really incredible. So it's really good to have you on the show and I'm excited about uh, what we're going to talk about related to your book and your business and your marketing. So welcome. Thank you very much. And you're so right. Yes. I'm, I'm definitely not experienced with all the the publishing and all the book stuff. I'm not, I'm not a book nerd and, and you know, I don't mean that in a bad way. You guys are well, awesome. <laughs> I, I think that's an advantage though, because uh, honestly, those of us, and I think this is true of any kind of field or industry where you get so kind of engrossed in it that sometimes you you lose the you lose some of the momentum and the energy that someone who is not involved in that has whenever you first get into it. So those of us who are kind of like the book nerds, you know, sometimes it's really great to have the perspective of somebody who doesn't think about this stuff all day every day. It, it was definitely less pressure. I feel like if I would have been in the in the industry or the field. For a long time, I would have felt more pressure, but I didn't feel any pressure at all. Well, let's start out, first of all, with an overview of what your book, Anything is Possible, is about. And those who are listening, maybe they're familiar with it, maybe they're not. But for those who are not, give us kind of an overview of why you wanted to do this book and what the basic 
what the basic premise of it is. So um, my book, um, Anything is Possible, it's filled with stories of my life and how those moments allow me to create the life that I have and, and live today. Um, I was able to use hardships and life trauma as fuel to grow and build strengths. So I share that in my book. I share how I was able to do that. Um, my, my reason for writing the book was to help one person a day. Ultimately, in the beginning, it was to help one person a day. I didn't set out for a huge goal at first. When I shared my story in person, people would be so intrigued. They would literally want more. And they're like, you need to write a book. And I would laugh it off for years. And then eventually I'm like, maybe there's something to this. Um, they had so many questions. So I knew if I would put it on paper, I knew that I could help a lot of other people. Hmm. And initially this didn't really have anything to do with your existing business, which is, is being involved in uh, nutrition and wellness products. And uh, there's a lot of things that are part of that. I know, but this in your mind was a totally separate thing, correct? Yes. This had nothing to do with the business that I was running. So this just totally came out of an impulse to help people with your story. Yes. And, and I actually chose, you know, I was, I was looking into it in 2019 and it just happened that, um, I started doing it in 2020 and then COVID hit. So it almost seemed hmm. like perfect timing. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that it is, it's a short book and I'm a huge fan of short books that people can read fast and your stories are great. Um, and you're drawing these life principles out of your stories. And I think it's just a very powerful, it's a very powerful tool for somebody to look at and get something immediately. So you've done a great job sort of taking, taking your stories and your experience and drawing principles out of it that people can put into practice immediately. And I know that you'd love to do that. I mean, that's kind of what you do with people It is every day is you're really inspiring people and helping people. So fantastic job, sort of putting this into a, into a format and having the idea of doing that, that people can consume and change their lives with. Thank you. And, and honestly, I feel like, so even though that wasn't an income, like that wasn't providing my income to, to inspire and to help other people get through things, coaching, leading things like that, but it's a passion. Hmm. So I knew that if I could put that into a book. It's a bigger purpose than financial gains. You know what I mean? So it's absolutely it's amazing. So since the book has been out and you also have a workbook now that that accompanies it, have you found that 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 there is a connection between that and sort of your your main business with nutrition, wellness, health products, helping people kind of live their best life? Is there a connection there or is it still primarily a separate kind of a deal? I feel like the workbook, the um, companion journal, I feel like it um it kind of goes into that world a little bit more. So my book is great. I feel like it shares my story and it lets people in on who I really am and where I came from. Um, but that journal, it, it does. I am able to incorporate that into what I do with leadership and coaching and things like that because they can work along with it. And there's a lot of things in that book that, that just help guide them on their own personal journey. So I think mm -hmm. it's absolutely amazing. Well, let's dive into some specific things that you have done to market your book. So on this podcast, we talk a lot about book marketing because if nobody knows about your book, then it can't change people's lives. And you have done an absolutely incredible job getting Amazon reviews specifically for your book. I haven't actually checked this morning. Do you happen to know how many Amazon reviews you have? I think on anything as possible, I'm, I'm almost at 150 reviews, I believe. Okay. I was going to say, I thought it was somewhere around there. Um, and it's probably going to be at 200 before too long. Oh, Knowing you well. and your persistence, I bet it's going to be it over 200. <laughs> so can you share with us 
what are some strategies that you use to get Amazon reviews for the book? So I actually wasn't even aware of how important that was. So that shows you kind of how naive I am to, to this world. I didn't even realize how important reviews were for a book. Um, organically people, when, when I launched the book and I shared, I I'm, I'm love social media. I feel like if you're not using so, social media um, for business, for your network, you are missing out on tens hmm. of thousands of people. Um, so I share that stuff on social media. So organically, I had a lot of book sales and people would be like, they, they would just take pictures and, and post reviews. But then I realized, well, this is a little more legwork. Like this is a little more work than I thought it was going to be to get reviews. Um, I would actually have to reach. I, what I started to do was write down people that I saw that purchased my book. If they would share it on social media, hmm. they would tag me. I would actually reach out to them and be like, Hey, I'm so glad you love my book. Would you do me a huge favor? And would you be, would you go onto Amazon and, and write a review? I really appreciate it. It helps my book sales out so much. So um, I did that and I would keep a, I would, I would keep a little journal of that. And then I would actually check back in if I, if I didn't see their review. Um, it's, it's kind of like sales, you know, it's, it's hurry up and wait. So you, you have to be pretty persistent. That's really, you know, that is such a simple thing that you're talking about, but something that I feel like so many of us miss with our books is we just kind of assume that people, we post a few times on social media, people might see it. And we kind of assume that they're number one, they're going to read the book or no, I guess number one, they're going to buy it. Then they're going to read it. Then they're going to post a review on social media or post it on Amazon. But all those things don't happen automatically, do they? They just, it's almost like you have to be kind of like a dog on a bone, just constantly encouraging people in a, in a loving way, of course, <laughs> but yeah. persistently encouraging people to do that. Absolutely. And that was something that surprised me. So with what I do in my business, I, I have a lot of follow-up. So anything that I do, like my, my work, I'm following up with, with customers and clients and potentials all day long. That's what I do. But for this book side, I did not expect that, but I guess, um, since I am so good at it, it, it was just an addition. It was like, okay, mm. well, this is what I'm going to work on. I'm going to focus on hitting. I remember I was going to work on 50 reviews. Then my goal was hundred and then I want to hit 130 reviews. So I just had that in the back of my head, um, and then share it on social media. So I, I believe, um, if you don't know a lot about Facebook or Instagram, they, you can post in your stories. So even though my book's been out, I mean, how long has it been since I published the book? It was in tw late 2020. Yeah, it was. Uh, Not yet two years. Close to, it's getting close to two years, right? I think September. Something like that? Okay. September or October. Um, so it's about a year and a half, a little over a year and a half mark. Um, and I will just say that um, I can't, I lost my train of thought. Happens to me every day. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What was Multiple I saying? Multiple times a day. <laughs> but um, so. Uh, crap. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. We were talking about Amazon reviews and, and 50, then a hundred, and then, you know, shooting for 150. You hear the dog? I do, but it's okay. Actually, this is the second podcast interview I've done today. And the, the earlier one had a, a dog in the background too. But it's, uh, it's funny because, you know, life is podcast interviews and sometimes <laughs> there's kids, there's dogs, there's my cat. Surprisingly, he's not in here right now. So it's all good. Yeah. But so what I was going to say, I, I think what I was going to say was that um, it hasn't even been a year and a half. And um, I realized very quickly that I was going to have to do a little more work to get the reviews in. Mm. Um, so, but, but with social media, using your stories, using posting, that's what I was going to talk about a year and a half in. Um, I'm still sharing my book on my stories. I'm still sharing 
post on social media. So a lot of people, when they first start something, they think they can throw it out there. They have all this momentum. It's hot. It's fresh. It's new. Let's get it out on social media. But then they, it, they run out of few, you know, fumes and they stop sharing because they think, well, I've done enough. It's over. It's been six months, but morality consistency is key. So you need to be sharing that over and over and over again. I don't care if it's been two years, three years. A lot of people that are new on your social media don't even know you have a book that, you know, they're new contacts. So it's like, okay, many people, um, when I share blogs, cause I do weekly blogs on my website and things like that. They're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know you wrote blogs. I didn't know that you had a podcast. Where can I find your podcast? You have a book. Oh my gosh. So, and this is what a year and a half later. So yeah. it's so important to make sure that you're sharing that no matter how long that it's been and doing it consistently. Now I want to come back to specifically what you do on social media in a second, but do you have any thoughts for, I guess I would call them introverted writers who who don't have that natural urge to promote themselves. So you are super great about it. You're a super high energy person. You're very persistent to your go-getter. What about that person who is kind of like that introverted writer who sort of feels bad about always promoting themselves? Anything that, is there anything that you would suggest for that kind of a person to kind of get, develop some more energy and momentum for promoting their stuff? So you mean somebody that feels like if they put themselves out there that they're just self-bragging? Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So, um, this just for, for the listeners out here out listening right now, um, that was something that I dealt with early on. Um, I remember my twin sister saying, oh my gosh, we call it the Sadie club, you know, like, (laughs) and I laughed and I laughed it off. I was like, what? I was like, you're crazy because all I was doing was sharing my life and people, it, it just attracted people because people like to be inspired. And I realized very quickly that I'm living this way. Anyway, I may as well share it. I didn't do it to the the best way that you can do this is don't think about yourself and think about the people that you're helping that are watching Mm -hmm. you. So you're affecting lives of people that you don't even realize you're affecting. So please share what's on your heart and your soul and in your, in your mind, because you're going to help somebody else in their journey that you don't even know you're helping. So get that out of your mind that, oh my gosh, I'm bragging or I'm all I'm doing is talking about myself or sharing my story, but people need to hear that. People need to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. Boy, that's, and that's so important. That's really, really important. It's not about you. It's about the people that you're impacting. Yeah. Cause if you, if you make it about you, I mean, ultimately you're never going to, I mean, I wrote about that in my book. You're never going to be completely fulfilled. So you have to think about other people. So what are the, the social media channels that you primarily use? Is it mainly Facebook and Instagram? Facebook and Instagram. I know all the cool kids are doing TikTok, but I'm not very good at it. Um, it, it just, I, I don't know. I think that that is something that I should use because I was actually told that a lot of younger people are on TikTok. And you know, Kent, you know my story. You know that I want to impact the youth. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to help younger people. So they're like, you need to do TikToks about that and do hashtags because I was like, how can I impact other people? Where can I go? I need to go where they are. So I need to use TikTok a little bit more, but I do. I use um, it. Facebook's my baby. I love it. I feel like I can really build good relationships and get to know people there. Instagram, I'm, I'm getting better at. I feel like Instagram is important to use in this day and age. I do too. I don't feel like I particularly use Instagram very well, but I, it's kind of like walking into this room full of treasure, you know, like, like at the end of a movie, like national treasure, they walk into this room and there's all the gold and stuff. I feel like there's so much potential there and so many cool things, but sometimes I kind of struggle with knowing exactly how to use those, but maybe, maybe the answer is just you, you get in there and you start messing with it, you start experimenting and you develop some kind of consistency, I guess. 
basically that's what it is doing it every day. So even with Instagram, I, I kind of forget. I'm like, Oh gosh, like I didn't put my post on Instagram too. And Kent, you would be great at TikTok. Like, you know, we think of TikTok as silly videos and these kids doing all this stuff, but look at how much, how much people hear their voice from using mm-hmm. TikTok. So if you would go on there and make a video about, you know, whatever your niche is, um, people are going to find you and you're going to get a lot of followers that way. I mean, I'm, ta- I'm preaching to the choir. Like I need to be doing the same thing. There's a lot of teaching on TikTok. It, it's an, it's interesting because we don't look at TikTok as kind of a learning medium. We look at it as kind of a people doing weird dances or right. doing crazy, you know, stuff that a 12 year old would do, but that's not really true. Like if you get on TikTok and look what's actually there, I mean, there is some of that stuff, but there's also a lot of people teaching others in these little short bite-sized clips, which is genius. I know that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can go on there and just talk about self self-help or, or belief in yourself. Yeah. Or, you know, I could do a little three minute spiel on that. And maybe, maybe the right person will see it that needs to see it and that could change their life. Hmm. So as far as Facebook, can you share, do you have some kind of specific things that you're doing on Facebook to promote your book, like specific posts, or you're sharing book cover images, quotes? What are you doing on Facebook related to your book specifically? So I try to do a little bit of everything. I, I do um, pictures of me with my book, um, me with my podcast and my book. I'll, I will post some quotes from my book. I like to promote, I'll do podcast episodes to where I actually go over a chapter. Mainly I've been doing my journal lately. Hmm. So I've really been doing um, some on the journal because I really wanted to kind of let people see how cool that is yeah. Um, yeah. because I did not promote it as heavily as I did my book. So. Um, but uh, yes, and in my stories, I tr- I will post more in my stories than anything because one thing people think is, oh my gosh, I'm going to spam my newsfeed on Instagram or on Facebook, but your stories, it's only there a day. I will yeah. tell you that I get most of my feedback from my stories. I will get wow. comments and people in my inbox from what I share on my stories. That's fascinating. That That's really, really fascinating because I haven't explored stories that much. Um, I think I just haven't taken the time to really learn it like I should, but I hear I a lot of people talk about stories. I, I keep them full all day long, Ken. And if there's things that I really want to get out there, I'll repost it over and over and over again, because you know, it's, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So you've got to have it, have it up there in everybody's face. Now, how do you think about the relationship between Facebook and Instagram? Are you posting the same things on each one or similar things? Um, I do. I, I post, I, if it's, if I feel like it's Instagram worthy, which it's crazy because I, I do more stories on Facebook, but I do feel like I used to feel like Instagram was very salesy. I, I don't feel like people were really connecting on a personal level, but I think that it's getting better. And I mm-hmm. think that people are building more of a relationship there. So I am taking my stories and bringing them from Facebook onto Instagram. Um, I do more videos on Instagram, the reels, okay. you know, if you, if you're familiar with reels, yeah. people like to be entertained. And one thing is if you're looking um, to promote and to bring more of a network to you, people like to see reels and Facebook and Instagram are pushing those out more to, to people than regular posts. So if you're doing reels, you're going to bring more audience to you. So if okay. you notice Kent, that's why I've been in like the real kick this year. One, I was being compensated by Facebook for reels. <laughs> Just so you know, that that's a, another thing that they do. They they pay people to do reels. It's crazy. Um, I had no idea. I've never heard about that before. I've got paid 13000 in over a four-month time span. Now, is that because you have a specific number of views or how does that work? 
I, I think that's what happened in the beginning because a lot of my reels, I, w- I was doing them anyway. And it started in December and I had a few go viral and they said, Hey, would you like to get paid for your, for your reels? And I'm like, well, okay. sure. I didn't really know what would happen. Um, and yeah, it was like $13,000. So wow, it's a, it's it, cool. It, yeah. It helped me get like an extra 13,000 followers. So it's, there's some amazing things you can do with social media. That's why it's like, if you're not using it, you're missing the boat. Wow. I just, I had never heard about that before. We That's need amazing. to catch up, Kent. <laughs> I know, I know. I knew it. I know I do. I'm sitting here with a I'm sitting <laughs> here with like busy. a book of Ernest Hemingway short stories. So yeah, I'm like stuck in the 1930s and 40s, apparently. <laughs> so I need to But you do sometimes think of like what would some of these these old timey authors use today? And they would probably be doing social media. You know, they would be Absolutely. writing writing things and they would be active and and whatnot. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, and podcasting is just a whole nother way to, yeah, to, to bring in an audience. And it's fun because you can use your voice every single day. Yeah. And the thing that I love most about podcasting is really there's two things. One is you, it, it gives you kind of a virtual living room where you can invite basically anybody to come to your virtual living room and have a conversation like, you know, like you and I are now, I mean, I could have texted you and said, Hey, can we hop on the phone and chat? And I'm sure you would have been kind and, and been open to to having a quick chat about these things. But the fact that we get to have a conversation, I get to share it with listeners and I'll promote it and, and whatnot that adds value to both of us. And I just think it's such a cool thing because it gives you a chance to basically talk to anybody that you want to. Absolutely. I just, I just love that. And it brings you out to the world. Like not only will it bring me to your listeners, but it will bring you to my listeners. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's really cool. Totally. Totally. So as you think about what you want to do ultimately with your book, what is it that that you're trying to accomplish ultimately with the book and the workbook? Is it, do you want readers to sign up for coaching? Do you want to transfer some of those to your other business where, you know, you're doing products and, and other kinds of things? Do you want to sell them a course? Like what is the end, the end goal of having people buy and read your book and workbook? So I told you what I, so business wise, so I'll, I'll just cut to the chase. So ultimately um, I think one of the benefits of having a book is you are going to bring in more of an audience. Um, And I would love to be able to do coaching and I would love to be able to um, help, help younger people. And by having a book, I'm more likely to be able to get in there. Um, so I have a little more credibility with having a book. Um, and I also want to be able to bring people into the industry that I'm in. So once I also connect with people on that level, I would like to introduce them to the industry that I'm in and mm-hmm. my business world. So, um, I mean, I think, gosh, I think it's unlimited what you could do once you write a book. I just feel like it gives you a lot more credibility. And your book has opened the door for a lot of conversations for you to have with other people, hasn't it? Absolutely has. Yes. Yep. And and it's still weird saying I'm a published author. Like when people ask, you know, what I've done or what I do and they're like, oh my gosh. And and, and if you've wrote a book, I mean, a lot of people are going to want to know what's it about. And then, I mean, that just opens up uh, tons of conversations that I normally would have never had the opportunity to have. Now here's a, here's a question. So you're, I know your book is self-published. You did that yourself. Has and sort of in my world, in the world of people who get very geeky about the publishing and the book stuff, you know, there's always this debate about traditional publishing versus self-publishing versus hybrid publishing, blah, blah, blah. 
Has there been anybody who has asked you whether your book was through a traditional publisher or self-published? Like, is that even something that comes up very often? Um, I, I actually have been asked a couple times if I self-published or how I did it. Actually, you probably wouldn't be surprised, but maybe you would be surprised. I, I'm shocked how many people said, Hey, I'm looking into writing a book. How did you get started? Hmm. I hear that all the time. Um, it's, it's kind of mind blowing. And then I realize how many people, even after you tell them, they don't take a step in the right direction. They just, it's mind blowing to me how many people hold themselves back from doing something, wow. you know? I'm, I'm one of those people, like you get one life to live. You want to write a book, write the dang book. Like, what are you waiting for? Because if you don't do it, you're never going to do it. And then you, you're missing out on an opportunity. We get one life to live, get it yeah. done. Um, and that's the best advice I can give them is stop waiting, write the book. Wow, man, that, that is so true. I see that all the time too. People who, who want to write a book or they want to do anything related to writing. And they just, for whatever reason, writing and particularly writing a book, it it represents some kind of a mental hurdle that so many people have. And I'm not really sure why, because to me, it's it's no different than learning to do anything else. I mean, you've run marathons before, you know, you just have to work up to it and you have to train for it and you have to do it consistently. And then eventually you can reach the goal. So it's I'm always kind of baffled as to why that is such an emotional thing for so many people. I know. And it's hard for me to understand because you know how my brain works. So it's, it's hard for me to understand what holds people back. Like I'm yeah. one of those people, once I make a decision, I'm like a dog with a bone. You know, I, I just, I just, I get it done. So it's hard for me to understand how people kind of put up that wall and they're just like, eh, it's like, I'm, I'm all in or I'm not doing it at all. So once I make a decision and I'm super consistent, so, um, sometimes it's just hard for me to relate. <laughs> but you've always been wired that way. Haven't you? I, you know, I think so. You know, when I look back, even at my, in my youth, uh, in my childhood, I'm like, yeah, I think that once I decided I was going to do something, I just went out and I did it. Even if it was bad stuff, <laughs> I was driven. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> if I made a decision to do something, I went all in. <laughs> yeah. I guess that impulse can cut both ways, whether it's, it's good or bad, but, but I, as I look at people, I think that is the minority of people. Like most people, I think most of the time tend to hold back they, they tend to think, you know, we all tend to think we're going to live forever. We're going to have all these years and decades ahead of us. And then all of a sudden you get to be in the middle of your life or older. And you're like, Oh, I never accomplished that dream or that goal. And which is of course what we, what your whole book is about. Anything's possible. So <laughs> get to work. Don't waste time. I mean, it's, that's more people than not. And that's why even on social media, you'll, you'll hear my post or, or you'll see my post over and over and over again. You know, you get one life to live, like stop yeah. waiting. And the older we get, even for myself, I look back and my daughter's 16. She's, she's going to be a junior in high school. I'm like, I feel like the last 10 years have been a blur and I know that I'm not alone. So think about it. If you're, if you have a list super long of things that you want to do and you don't start getting it done, like, like making a point to knock these things out, it's going to be another decade. And then mm -hmm. what happens if something terrible happens and you don't have the quality of life that you once, once had, and then you can't even do those things that you wanted to do. Yeah. So I would put those things into consideration, like quality of life might not always be there. So you need to go ahead and knock that out. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any advice that you would give to authors who who have a book out there, but they just don't know where to get started with their marketing. Um, 
Well, one is they need to make sure that they're marketing themselves. So, and I would use social media. I I would market themselves, um, figure out, I mean, obviously they wrote a book, so they know what their, their niche is. Um, You know, I'm a firm believer in kind of finding out the top five things that make you, and then you Mm. connect and you share those things on social media to connect with the people that, that you want to connect with, because you're not going to be for everybody. So you want to make sure that you're connecting with the people that um, you're, they're your kind of people. Um, cause I know that I'm not for everybody. So share what's on your heart, um, put it out there to the world and don't worry about what anybody thinks about you. And cause none of that matters. Um, they're not paying your, your bills. They're not in your home at night. Um, just share what's on your heart and be authentic. And I don't think that you can go wrong. Now, what do you mean by, and I mean, I know what you mean by, by saying that you're not for everybody. Cause I tell people that too, you got to sort of pick your, pick your people because you're not for everybody, but as you look at your message and your life, who would you say you are not for? What kind of a person are you trying not to target or you think are not a good fit for your overall message? A lot of mine are in um, different journeys in their life at a time. So so basically it, it's kind of, I am for a person that is excited about making change. So basically people that are kind of over the, the motivation or inspiration, like they're sick of people saying you can do this or, you know, uh, believe in yourself. Like they're probably kind of gave up on themselves for a minute because mm-hmm. I don't think people do permanently. I think it's, it's a moment of their life to where there's a lot of hardship and they're just, they're just, they don't want to see it. They don't want to hear it. I'm not for those people. And I, and I have been blocked on social media and I have been unfollowed and I, and I'm sure I have all the wow. things, but they come back once they're in their headspace and like, Hey, Sadie, I really need help with X, Y, Z. And I'm like, boy, like you sure didn't want to talk to me a year ago, but, (laughs) but I'm used to that because I I've been doing this for over a decade of my life with health and nutrition. And I consistently over a decade of my life have shared what I do on on a daily basis, my struggles, my triumphs, my success, my failures, I share it all. And some people get annoyed with that. Some people are over it. Um, but then some people look at that as inspiration. So it depends on where they're at in their personal journey, if I'm for them or not. Hmm. Yeah. And that's really true. I guess it's, it's kind of the old idea of if you're somebody who's really going places and you're motivated and you are very positive people who are not wired that way, or they choose not to be that way. They sort of get annoyed with people who are going places because when they see your success, that's almost like a condemnation of their own lack of, of desire to be successful. Well, especially you know, it, if you came from the same place. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow and it's normally a self, re- a, a self reflection. They need to reflect on their own lives and yep. it says more about them than it does you. So that's some good advice too. You know, it's more about their, their issues. It has nothing to do with you. Nothing. Yeah. Don't take it personal. That's the best advice I can give is do not take it personal. Um, it's more about them than it is you. It's hard. It's hard to do that though, especially <laughs> when it's hard. people you've known for decades and you've have kind of suddenly decided you want to make a change in your life and you go a different direction, but they're still kind of just standing there, you know, and, and some people you try to help and you reach out and everything, but it's like, there's just, you can't really help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. And then sometimes like, well, not, not sometimes all the time it's timing. So even some of those people that you outgrow, Sometimes they're just growing a little bit later, you know, like they're just not ready for that growth period at that time. Um, And, you know, as we age, we now realize how many people we outgrow. We outgrow people like every five years. I feel like, 
you know how they say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Exactly. You know, so, so that's kind of how I feel that we are in our businesses. You know, like if, once you get so successful, I don't want to stay at this level of success. I want to move on to the next level of success. And in order to do that, I'm outgrowing that room and I need to move up. Um, so it's, it's just, a it's part of life. And as we age, we, we understand that a little bit more. And I've noticed even my friends on social media that weren't doing very well five years ago. And now, you know, they've lost a ton of weight They're They post things on Facebook that are inspiring. Like when people's, when, when people change their headspace and their mindset, the words that come out of their mouth, it's like night and day. It's like, Oh my gosh, like you inspire me to be better. I'm so, so glad that you found yourself and you were able to make this change in your life because you are a hundred percent happier person for it. Wow. Well, Sandy, you are absolutely an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you taking time to do this conversation today. I've learned a ton and, you know, I feel like I could talk to you for hours because you have been through a lot in your life, particularly in your younger years, you've overcome a lot of things. And of course you go into the, you go into lots of details in the book, which I highly recommend people check out. And you just have a way of boiling things down to their essence. And, and I think I've told you this before, you have a, a knack for speaking in tweets. And I've only known like two other people in my life who have that ability. What I mean is like, you can say something that's really concise and almost like a piercing truth that is wrapped up in like the shortest amount of words possible. And that's really a gift. Like, I mean that sincerely. I don't know many people who can do that, but you have a gift for like saying something that is so like on point and just like hard hitting. And I just, I want to encourage you to keep using your writing gifts your communication gifts, because they're, they're really formidable and you're doing a great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you know what? A lot of people will say really positive things and we all, no matter who we are, no matter how successful we are, we all think, gosh, I could do better. Or I'm, sure you we, know, we pick ourselves apart. So to hear that from you, Ken, I truly appreciate those words because we are our worst critics. Man, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. doesn't matter that. where you are. It. Yeah. Well, this has been a blast. Thanks again for taking time to chat here on the podcast. No problem. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kent. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you took a lot of notes from that conversation because Sadie gave us a lot of wisdom on how to market your book in a way that feels authentic and that feels right for you, but also gets results. My main takeaway from this conversation is that we have to ask for reviews from people and we never should stop promoting our book on social media. A lot of times we put a book out there, then we kind of let it die and forget about it after a few weeks or a few months. But we can't do that. Marketing is a continual thing. And even if you have a book that's 20 years old, as long as it's still relevant and and as long as you're still excited about it, it's always going to be something that you can promote on social media or in your conversations or newsletter or wherever it is that you interact with people. I want to thank Sadie for being a guest on today's episode. And I also want to encourage everybody to check out her great book. It's a really fast read, very story-driven, very inspiring. Again, her book is called Anything is Possible. 10 Keys to Unlock the Life of Your Dreams. You can get it on Amazon and there's a link in the show notes. Also make sure and check out sadiecolvez.com for her podcast and lots of other cool things that Sadie is doing. Hey, thanks so much for listening and I will see you in the next episode.